Anyway, I want to talk to you today, and I've entitled my message today, um, I'll take the cap off, there you go. Um, I want to preach to you today, I've entitled my message, um, Choose What Is Better. Choose What Is Better. How many people want to choose what is worse? How many people here want to choose what is okay? How many people here want to choose what is the best? It's your lucky day. I'm going to help you with that. And I want to use the scripture that I don't have in front of me, uh, found in Luke chapter 10. Is it working, Izzy? Oh, thank you, Jesus. What did I do? You did you. I did me. So I want to read out of Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through to 42. Um, Choose the best is the title of my message. So Luke chapter 10, 38 through to 42 says, and it's a very well-known passage in Scripture. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 39. She had a, a sister called Mary. She sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what is better. See, life is about choices. You chose to come here this morning. Some of you who are watching this uh, message online, you chose to tune in. You made a choice to be here today for a variety of reasons. Maybe because we have good coffee. We actually don't. Um, Maybe because you needed to catch up with someone. Maybe, I don't know. Or maybe it's because you want to connect with God. You made a choice. Life is about choices. God is not a God who... Uh, takes control of our lives and eliminates choice and makes us robots. Rather, God is a God who looks for relationship and that relationship is he's extended his hand towards us and we make the choice to choose to be in relationship with him. Some of you are married. You made a choice to marry someone uh, maybe recently, maybe a long time ago, you made a choice because of a variety of reasons why you made that choice. Most of us here have made a choice at some point in our lives where we chose to make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives. Yeah. Hallelujah. You made a choice. And here we have two people, Martha, a very busy lady, and we have Mary, who seemed like a bit of a slacker. We have Mary, when there's a whole lot of jobs to be done, a whole lot of work to be done, is just sitting there at the feet of Jesus. 
And Martha gets super upset because, man, she has a whole lot of stuff to do. A whole lot of stuff that needs to be done. Remember, Martha invited Jesus to come to her house. And Martha was busy about making the experience for Jesus to be in their house to be a good one. And she was got in her head a whole lot of ideas that she thought she needed to do in order for the experience of Jesus being in her house to be better. And she gets upset with Mary because Mary has got a different plan and is choosing something other than to make the experience that Jesus was going to have lower or less than in her opinion. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. You see, we have two choices at work here. One thinks through service she's going to please the master. The other thinks she's going to please the master by sitting at his feet. Now we all have things to do. When you become a Christian, you actually have a life of service. You're called to serve. And so service is not a bad thing. In fact, if you are a Christian and there's no outworking of service in your life, I question your relationship. Hallelujah. But there are two choices at work. Can we make those choices through our Christian journey? Peace too. Really interesting. This message is kind of a selfish message um, because it's a message that was pertinent to me. And um, this is kind of where it came from. The word distraction. So here's this thing. We have Mary, we have Martha, and it says that Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted. The word distraction means this. To choose something that prevents someone from concentrating on something, and I've used the word important, choice. We all make choices. Distractions can seem so important, they can distract us from what Jesus described as more important. Do you understand? Sometimes you and I, we can think that we are making a choice that is so important, so high on our priority list, so important to our service to God that we will be distracted away from what actually is the real most important thing. Distractions. Hallelujah. One of the reasons why uh, Martha was distracted because she had a whole lot of stuff she was worried about. She was worried about a whole bunch of stuff to the point that the worry, in fact, the scripture Jesus said that you worry about a whole lot of stuff and you're upset about a whole lot of things. And see, service to God does not eliminate worry. Service to God does not guarantee that you won't get upset with people because you know if you've been in ministry, you know if you've been in serving God that there will be moments when people will upset you. And see, service in itself does not answer the the concerns of anxiety and worry, nor does it deal with when we get upset. In fact, if you're in any relationship for a long period of time, there will be moments where life will upset you, people will upset you. Am I, am I right? But see, service, serving God, 
will never deal with your upsetness and your worry. There's another way. Hallelujah. The word here, when he said um, distraction, that you are distracted, or Mary was, uh, Martha was distracted, means to be distracted by anxiety and worry. So there's kind of two distractions that are at work in Martha's life. One is distraction due to worry and anxiety. And the other one is to do with she was distracted by the service she thought she needed to do to Jesus. Two different types of distraction. Both were very dangerous because both caused this woman named Mary. Can I have an amen? Are you hearing me this morning? Can I hear something? Remember, amen says, I agree. Amen means I'm hearing you. Hallelujah. And that's the problem with Martha. Martha had so much anxiety and worry going on in her head. She was so concerned about service, so concerned that she was distracted, her attention was taken away, and she wasn't listening. They were in the same room. They're in the same room and Jesus was trying to communicate to her, but the distraction eliminated her from hearing the words she needed to hear. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus had come and visited that house because he came with a purpose. He came with some things he wanted to say to both Martha and Mary and the people in that room that he knew they needed to hear because Jesus never said nothing for no reason. Jesus only said what his father told him to do. Jesus said with purpose things that were very important. But the distraction had shut off her ability to hear. Hallelujah. A lot of things in life that we have to worry about. Or do we? Martha was hearing, but not hearing. Mary was hearing and listening. Now I'm going to tell you a little testimony, because I said this kind of relates to me. Now, some of you are in different positions. Some of you have got stuff going on in your life that maybe is this worry and an anxiety, and, and, it, and, it, and it is kind of drawing your mind into this problem, this whatever it is, and it's overwhelming to the point where your mind is just going over and over and over it. I call it the concrete mixer effect, because I'm a builder, and I used to watch making concrete in a mixer, and I go, oh, 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 oh. have you ever had that worry and anxiety that goes over and over? Overwhelming. Hallelujah. So my problem was the second one. My problem was because I was, I've been so busy in service that it has become a discreet distraction to me. And I'll let you know, so uh, we came home from Africa and a bit of a break, and it's been very full on for the last month, six weeks for me and Pekka. Uh, we've been uh, helping other churches. Uh, when I went to Africa, um, 
with everything that we were doing there, we came across that we actually have influence not only on 400 children at our school, but there's about another 500 children that are in terrible need and in terrible situations. And when Terry and I were there, we were like overwhelmed because we thought, what can we do? We're already doing this. We've got all these children, but there's another four, five, six hundred children that I felt like God is putting on my heart that we need to do something to help. And it kind of has got inside my head and it's been going round and round and round. And then, you know, um, I've been helping some other churches, going and preaching. I've been preaching at an African church. I'm going to preach next Saturday at a conference with a whole bunch of African churches, and I'm serving Jesus. I'm, I'm busy doing what he's called me to do, and I've, I've been uh, up uh, with the Gold Coast Church, me and Pecker, and it was very full on. We had lots of meetings with people and helping people deal with trouble and struggles and stuff and trying to infuse passion about the journey of God. Uh, We've got now 10 Ignite Life churches, so I'm dealing with not just this church, I've got nine other leadership teams that I'm investing in and trying to inspire, and I'm busy about doing much service for Jesus. You with me? And then I I come here and I've got to prepare a message for the church that's going to feed everybody. Now, I'm not looking for sympathy because I've chosen this and I love it. Hallelujah. You see, my busyness is through choice. Cool thing too, we have an opportunity to get on radio now and spread our message about our children that we're trying to help. But I said, like I said, all the stuff on, and I'm also involved in two business things that I've got going at the moment. You know, because I chose to do them. But that busyness, that service has been consuming me and I've been neglecting this thing called sitting at the feet of Jesus. But you guys are all so smart, you're all so spiritual, you're all so much better at this than I am. You don't get distracted, do you? Jackie, oh, did I look at you? But remember... Jesus said, Mary is choosing the better. See, life is about choosing the better. The best, in fact. You see, sitting at the feet of Jesus, according to him, is the best thing that you can do. Hallelujah. But here's the question. Are you choosing the best Are you choosing the better or are you settling for what you think is best? Hallelujah. You know, the church is full of everybody at different degrees of the journey. But one thing I've noticed about everybody is there is no perfect person. And I have met those who think they're perfect, but... In actual fact, they have a big issue with pride. Because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all are broken vessels to some degree on a journey of conquering. And I'm, I'm into conquering. But there are parts of each of our lives that need a touch from Jesus. Hallelujah. And see, sitting at the feet of Jesus is so important because that's where the transformation will take place that you need in order to grow on the journey of faith. 
to grow in becoming an overcomer. Hallelujah. Can I have another amen? So I've been spinning these plates. And I'm a plate spinner. Sometimes I think, why did I choose to be a plate spinner, to be honest with you? So in the middle of the night, I woke up and it dawned on me that I had been busy with much preparation. And I realized that my cup was emptying and that I had neglected the most important thing. I had neglected the best thing. So in the middle of the night, about two o'clock in the morning, I just began to talk to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what? God didn't come and beat me up with a stick. God didn't tell me how bad I was. You know what he did? He ministered his presence into my heart. Hallelujah. And then the next day came and the plates were spinning again. But I've been, I'm on a journey of adjusting to having a lot more stuff around my world, but I'm on a journey of trying to not neglect that which is more important. Hallelujah. So, because I really like you, I'm going to give you things to look for if you have Martha's Syndrome. Because maybe some of you do. First thing you'll notice that uh, Martha said was, she made the words, she said, Jesus, don't you care? So Martha is upset and doing all this stuff and her response to Jesus is to say, Jesus, don't you care? You see, when life becomes overwhelming and anxiety and different aspects take over, you can fall into this foolish statement and even utter it out of your mouth that God don't care. And that is a lie. And I know that every time I have gotten when life has been overwhelming and I've learned the discipline of going and sitting at his feet, I realize he cares because he touches my heart, because he ministers life to me, because he pours his love upon me. And see, if you're at the moment saying, God don't care, friend, you are stuck in Martha's world and you need to get out of it. Amen? God don't care. Worry and trouble. Mary, Martha, sorry, was worried and troubled about many things. If you are worried and troubled about many things, if there is life is overwhelming you and all you've got going on in your head is, friend, you have got something that God wants you to get rid of because the Bible tells us that we're not meant to worry or carry anxiety. And when you go and sit at his feet, my experience has told me that he lifts from me the worry and the anxiety and he pours instead a thing called perfect peace. 
And the perfect peace, I've got to tell you, is much better than the worry and the anxiety. It is much better. But maybe some of you just want to worry and some of you just want to be those anxious people. Because it's fun. Because it's a blast. No. But if you've got worry and anxiety and it is persisting, friend, you need to do what is better. You need to. And see, here's the funny thing. I'll just tell you something interesting. Sitting at the feet of Jesus can happen right now. You see, Mary and Martha were in a room with Jesus and his disciples. They were in the midst of a whole bunch of people. And when you come to church, it is an opportunity when you are hearing the message or through worship for you to push out the distraction and sit at the feet. You see, sit at the feet and transformation will take place. Hallelujah. If you're worried and troubled, get out of the Martha thing. Oh, I'm the only one. She says, I'm the only one. You look, at, look at her, she's sitting on her bum. And I'm busy doing Jesus. You know, one of the dangers for people in church is they start thinking they're the only one doing anything. And that, friend, is Martha thinking. I mean, I've met particularly evangelists. In fact, when I was younger, I was full on as an evangelist. And at one time in church, I, got, I felt like, man, I'm the only one doing this. What an arrogant, pig-headed, proudful, whatever. There's millions of us serving Jesus. There's heaps of people here serving Jesus. I'm the only one. Martha, judging others. Look at her sitting on her bottom, and I'm doing all this stuff. Judgment and judging others that way. Jesus sought them out when, in fact, Jesus needed to sort her out. Judgment. Dangerous, because the scripture says, by the standard you judge, you will be judged. And friend, there is nobody perfect here. Can I have an amen, or is this getting a bit harsh? As I said, I'm preaching this to me. Oh, I love this one. Upset with many people. You know, that's quite cool. Can you do that? But you can't. It's a gift. It's what happens when the anointing comes. You know, get over it. Stop pointing the finger and getting upset with everybody around you. People are stupid. Get used to it. You're stupid. How am I going for time? Oh, I love this one. One sided relationship. See, you think about this. Jesus had come to speak to Martha, but Martha wasn't interested in listening to Jesus. All Martha wanted to do was tell Jesus how, what, what, how it should be. She needed to tell Jesus where he wasn't doing it. Instead of sitting and listening to the one who knew how to tell her what she needed to hear. You get it? It's not wrong, Jesus, help. But if all your relationship with God is about you and your crisis moments, as Paula mentioned, well, friend, 
you got a bit of Martha going on. Because you ain't sitting and listening. Now I want to ask you a question. I love this question. Because I've been thinking about it. It does not say what Jesus was saying to the group in the room. It does record what he said to Martha, but it doesn't say what he had been talking to that had got Mary so entranced that she's sitting there listening. What do you think he was saying? What was he saying? Think about it. Or was he just saying, it's a nice day out there, we should go fishing, boys. What was he saying? I can tell you exactly what he was saying. He was telling them exactly what they needed to hear at that moment in their lives. He was telling them and preparing them for the future of what would come because their brother was going to die and God was going to do a miracle and he was preparing them for the future. He was telling them exactly the words they needed to hear. Hallelujah. You see, when we sit at his feet, it's so important. It is the best thing you can do because he will tell you exactly what you need to hear. Hallelujah. Man, so many of us are, are worried about stuff we don't need to be or trapped by life and circumstances when you need to sit at his feet and he'll tell you what you need to hear. I mean, he's not like, he cares. He knows everything about you. Hallelujah. What was Jesus saying? I'll tell you one thing he'd be saying. He's saying at the moment, I believe. He's telling people in the world what's on his heart. Do you know what is on his, on his heart? Deeply ingrained in the heart of Jesus is reaching the lost. You know what? Jesus died to reach the lost. He ain't done he ain't finished. And on his heart is us as a church reaching this community for him. Because it's deeply embedded in his heart. And that's why this opportunity is so cool for you to embrace what is on the heart of God. Can I have an amen? Am I speaking error? He says, one thing you need. You know, like, man, life can have all these, like I'm spinning all these plates. You know, and oh, this one and that one and that one and that one and that one. And it's kind of like he says, yeah, yeah, I get it, Keith, but there's just one thing you need. You don't need a multitude of answers. You just need one thing at the moment, Keith. And that what you need to do is just sit and listen to me. That's the one thing. You don't need to get counsel for 50 years and hear a multitude of stuff, or go to the doctor and get whatever. You just need one thing. It's come sit at my feet. Think about it. Am I right? One thing. But we're so dumb, we choose what we think is better. One thing, because I have learnt... And when I do the one thing, man, he gives me the answers to the plate spinning that goes on in my life. 
I've got a family challenge at the moment. And, and, and it started to induce in me worry and anxiety. But when I sat at his feet, he gave me a plan. Hallelujah. One thing. Choose the best. I don't know where your life is at the moment. I love this. And it's two scriptures that I've been stuck with, and they're both in Isaiah, that I'm going to kind of slowly close on. Isaiah 43, 18 through to 19, and we've been preaching about it. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, what that scripture is actually about is the pathway from wasteland and desert. And see, it says, I'm making a way for you. Do you not perceive it? The word perception means to hear and listen with attentiveness, with the hope of understanding. You see, sitting at the feet of Jesus in a service, at home, in the morning, in the worship, whatever, is focusing and listening for his path, for his river that comes to meet you in your desert, for his uh, pathway that comes to the wasteland to lead you out. But it comes, that's why he's speaking, because he had to send a prophet to to Israel because they weren't listening, and he's kind of going, shut the heck up. Stop worrying about all this. Listen, man, I've got a path for you. Out of where you are. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40, 27 through to 31. Again, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, but a Martha going on with them. And my just claim is passed over by my God. Boo-hoo-hoo. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of, have a drink, of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. He, his understanding is unsearchable. And listen to this. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases the strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men will utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Am I going on to you or just dribble? Friend, if you are weak, And if you are burdened by whatever is going on, go to the place where he will make that weakness strong. Hallelujah. Because that's what he does. But it's all about choice. Because you can hear this message and I can spit it and blow my veins out. But you make the choice with the path that is ahead for your life with the things that worry you and are making you anxious. Can we close our eyes? We're going to have a time of worship to give you an opportunity to 
Just sit at his feet and focus on him. Forget about lunch. Forget about your problems. Hallelujah. For those of you, you may never have made the first step to choose him. You may never have made that, but this morning is an opportunity to choose him. I can't make that choice. Only you make the choice. So I'm going to ask those of you who have never made that choice to simply say today, by raising your hand so I can see while every other eye is shut, please. If you have never made that choice to choose him, today is an opportunity because he will minister to you. But you have to make the choice. And if that is you, just give me a quick wave. If that is you, if you're on the stream, you wave your hand to God. If that is you, lift your hand. Cool, I see that hand. So, the person who raised that hand and those on that stream, we're going to pray a prayer real quick with you that you would invite Jesus into your life. So pray, let's pray together and please you pray as well. Lord Jesus, today I make a choice. I choose you. I put aside all my plans and I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Wash away all my sin, Jesus, I pray. Forgive me. Come dwell and live in me. And let me be a person who sits at your feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. So we're going to just do, take a few moments for worship. And I encourage you, just touch him today. Just reach out.